welcome to the Golden Rod Podcast. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor, to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week, we're discussing what the... Nin- what I uh, You can tell I've written this last minute. This week, we're discussing what it means... <laughs> Honestly, this is going to make no sense. The Nintendo's closing its service for 3DS and the Wii U. What does that mean <laughs> for you? There you go. I got it out in a completely different way. We're discussing the Pokemon... <laughs> Pokemon. I've got Pokemon Can Go fiasco. We're discussing the Pokemon Go fiasco. We're all discussing uh, the new Pokemon live-action drama, which has had its first trailer released. And, of course, the recent Hatsumiku collab if i butchered that i'm sure connor will tell me later on i probably butchered it with the way he is laughing right now and in our usual devil's advocate section we'll be arguing whether trainers should be mandatory in pokemon games as always you can jump to the top uh, topic using the timestamps in the description below connor how many mistakes did i make it's been a long day ben <laughs> it's been a very <laughs> very long day i've been up since um 7 30 working and then I, I and then i've had to rush out to go and visit a high school for my daughter uh which should have which i thought would be an hour hour and a half it was closer to probably two and a half hours um they're rushing home to get the the notes ready for the podcast and then you know messing connor about you you're a great friend thank you so much for you know sticking with me uh and here we are with a slightly delirious ben hosting <laughs> so i'm gonna be leaning on connor for support how, how are you though i'm not well you weren't well last week i'm not well this week we're uh Ooh. struggling through it all we're powering through and you know what it's probably going to get worse closer to Christmas as we both get a cold and a flu. So we're just get we're just going to stay at home. That's what we're going to have to do: stay at home, wear masks, hot water bottle. That sounds lovely. <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad. As you I'm getting tell- older, that sounds <laughs> yes. so good. It does. Just cuddle up in front of the fire with a hot water bottle and a brew. Uh, oh, and, stick and- your slippers in your dressing gown on. Stick something Ooh. on the TV and forget the world outside. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's 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 always nice, isn't it? Let's catch up first and foremost uh, on a comment that was in Discord courtesy of Decrepit, who said, uh, um, coming from someone who loves BDSP, going to Ilka would be horrible for the franchise and would likely do more harm than good. Although you probably mentioned that in the video. Guess I'll have to wait and see. Oh, so they were commenting this before. Why are you commenting before you've listened to the podcast? Anyway, I don't think we discussed much about Ilka in the podcast but it was a really interesting comment and the reason why i wanted to bring it up is i went and looked at Ilka's gameography as it's known and it's i don't know if you've seen it what they've done before i saw that they did a one piece uh game that actually looked really quite good from what i saw so I haven't seen that one, but I have seen the other things that they have listed here. So um, the first thing on there, and this is from the actual Nintendo website, by the way, is Crimson Shroud movie production. But then they moved up, okay? Then they did Mario Kart 8 advert. Oh. <laughs> they did an advert, which I don't know if you've seen this. I watched it earlier on today. It's literally 2D. Mario jumps in a car. He goes up and down, and then it comes into the real world. Mario steps out, and he's bulky massive nose walks into a into one of the uh uh, koopalings whatever they're called the mushroom people um and then the 
camera pans to his face, he's all shocked, and the music kicks in, and it turns out it's a Mercedes-Benz commercial. So apparently Ilka worked on that, which is really interesting. All right, cool. From from there, have you heard of Near Automata? Yes. Yes, well, they did the trailer for that. Okay. (laughs) So they didn't even do the game. So this gameography is really light touch. So there wasn't actually a huge amount they did before Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And the reason, the reason I, I wanted to bring this up is because if you'd have asked me before reading that, like, oh, should Elka be trusted with another stab at Pokemon but given more free reign? I would have said yes. But looking at the gameography, it is really light. And the question I've got for you is, do you think they've got enough under the hood to be able to, you know, knock it out of the park with a Pokemon game? Uh, again, debatable. I've not seen a lot of this One Piece game that they've made. Again, mm-hmm. I saw the trailer of it. It looked pretty good uh, visually. It's actually pretty nice. Right. Um, how actual gameplay works in it, I couldn't tell you. I think, as I say, when it, when we were talking about it last week, my argument wasn't necessarily that they would be great. They, they would do a fantastic job. My argument was that from all the um, pre-production material we've yep. seen, they were going to make a better game than we got. And at some point during production, they were somewhere along the line, they were told no. Whether it came from their own higher-ups, whether it came from Game Freak's higher-ups, or whether it came from the Pokemon company, Nintendo, whoever it was, their concepts got scrapped. And we ended up getting BDSP, which here's the thing. Is BDSP a bad game? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's a bad game. I think it suffers by being a remake of Diamond and Pearl that has no platinum content. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even classify as a I classify as a remaster. Or as for me as a remake, because it's like, okay, we take the foundation, the foundation is solid, we start there, and then we bring in all these extra elements to basically make it so that new players get this fantastic experience, but players that have played the original get that flavor of, this is the game I remember, but even better, but BDSP is literally, for me, it's a case of, are you going to play Diamond or Pearl? Just play Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. Yeah. But... I would then go, I'd probably play Platinum over those ones. Yeah. If you're going to play Gen 4, play Platinum. If you're insistent on playing Diamond and Pearl, sure, give Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl a chance. It's a a shame. I think... Yeah. They're not bad games. They were a disappointment. Uh, I, I I I think I think they function as opposed to something like Scarlet and Violet, which... I would argue are worse games, mechanically speaking, and yeah. um, failing to reach the goal that they set for themselves. You know, Scarlet and Violet had this big promise of an open world game where everything interacts with each other, and I think it missed that mark really badly. Whereas yeah. Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, as a remake, remaster, whatever you want to call it, of Diamond and Pearl, yeah, it's, it, it, it is that. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. And the good thing about BDSP, and I don't, I don't know how how much you dabble in the, the modding community, there is a real modding scene for BDSP at the moment where people 
are literally introducing Pokemon that you shouldn't be able to get in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in, so I mean, the, I mean, actual normal Pokemon that aren't available in that game they've managed to port in, but then also Pokemon such as like Armored Mewtwo. I'm pretty sure either someone has made or is working on a mod to get Mega Pokemon in there. Yeah, like, I've seen they- the Mega Rayquaza and the animations that they're doing for it. Yeah. Phenomenal work. Which just raises that game even more to the point where it might eventually become, like for, for me who enjoys randomizers and nuzlocking, I want to go back to those games eventually and play them with all these additional mods. Yeah, now, those mods are nowhere near complete yet. No, they're not. They're not. But, but the work they're doing is phenomenal. But I don't think we can sit here and say, oh yeah, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are good games because the mods are great. No, agreed. Uh, no, agreed. The, the, the mods the mods should be there to elevate something, which I believe they will do, but that doesn't elevate the base game because mm. the base game is what you got out of it. What is what Elke gave us, Yeah, ultimately. I think, the, as I said, the argument I was making last week wasn't necessarily that, oh, Ilka will be the best people to take this over. It was a case of, I'd love to see them with the reins taken off. Yeah with as much time as they needed to make a game. And if somebody, at the Pokemon company has already said, hey, these are the guys who we want to allow a chance with this franchise. I want to see what they can do with it rather than, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, don't, don't, don't show us up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm in the mindset that if you are going to, if if you're going to hand over, hand it over to a company and, basically limit what they can do like what is what is the benefit of of doing that over just doing it in-house and i guess outsourcing means that you know you free up your your team's development time but what's the point in getting in a, a company with you know fresh ideas people that would bring new ways of thinking to pokemon what's the point in getting all them and if you're just gonna go no no the, here's the restraints restraints on you just do what do what we ask, basically. It's really yeah, frustrating. We, we, we're working on a thing ourselves, and that looks better, so stop it. Yeah. It's it's really disappointing. Let's move on to the first piece of news this week, that Nintendo has announced that online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end for the Nintendo 3DS and the Wii U software uh, from April 2024. So basically, they're closing the service. This includes online play, um, internet rankings, and data distribution. Um, so what does that mean for Pokemon? Basically, it means that no more wonder trading, no more online battling, X and Y's PSS system, all that is gone. However, there is a little bit of a silver lining of Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Transport or Poker Transporter aren't affected. However... For now... <laughs> The FAQ literally says uh, something. I think it even says for now or something to that effect of, yeah, it's going to shut down eventually. We're just giving you a bit of leeway to, yeah, if you've got Pokemon on those um, on those systems that you want out, yeah, now is now is your chance. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because this this is going to do to the 3DS era, what moving from the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance did for Generations 1 and 2, where it prevents you from bringing those Pokemon up. So there will become a point 
when Bank shuts down, and it will happen, where Pokemon you catch in Generation 3, Generation 4, Generation 5, and gen- Generation 6, and 7, actually, that's five generations worth of Pokemon, are going to be locked out of the, the Switch era. Which, bless you, which is absolutely crazy to think about that this is happening. And for some people, this isn't a big deal because, well, you can get a lot of those Pokemon in the later games anyway. And at some point, I'd imagine all those Pokemon will be available on the Switch. And if that's people's preference, that's absolutely fine. However, what this means is there are certain things for completionists or people that, you know, have set their own challenges. They won't be able to do such as game Pokemon with ribbons and transferring them up. Um, Battle Battle Bond um, Greninja, that won't be able to be transferable. I mean, to be fair, Battle Bond Greninja doesn't even work in Generation uh, Generation 9, so, you know, whatever. I guess they don't care about that. Um, It means that there's going to be certain Pokemon, Pokemon's unique features that are going to become a thing of the past, unfortunately. And it's really disappointing it was going to happen and of course it's disappointing but i just don't know what what's the alternative that game freak can do that doesn't just rely on extra measures and putting loads of money into into this i i i I get why they're doing it servers have to close at some point if people aren't using it becomes it because it comes a, a cost comparison measure well, that's fine, but here's the things they have to do now if these are going to be no longer available. One, they need, they need to make Pokemon Home free for about two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. Before before Pokemon Bank closes, yeah, they need to make Pokemon Home free. So it's a case of, like, get all your Pokemon across. Do it now. You're not going to have the availability th- to do this after this point. All your Pokemon will be locked off. We're not going to charge you to do that because you paid for Pokemon Bank for however long. Pokemon Home is free for the next couple of weeks. Get all your yeah, Pokemon across. I've just realized, sorry to jump in, like, po- you can transfer the Pokemon from back to home, but if unless you pay, you've got 30 spaces. That's nothing. Oh, you can't. You can't do it. You can't do it unless you pay. Really? Really. What? You have to pay to transfer from bank to home. <laughs> so it needs oh, wow. to be free. As far, as, far yeah. as I'm concerned, it needs to be free for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, then... We need to get these games on the Switch. We need yeah, to get agreed. them on the Game Boy emulator. That's the only way it's ever worked. When we couldn't get Pokemon from Gen 1 and 2, all right, put them on the Nintendo DS emulator. That was it. That, and, and the reason that the fact they haven't released these games yet is ridiculous. Ag- agreed. And, we and keep if Bank going is going to go this. away, and as you say, there are Pokemon... The, the ribbons i hadn't even considered ribbons but ribbons is something that doesn't exist anymore and it's yeah. still something people have fun with yeah so there should, should definitely be a way to get that and the only way i see it is it coming out on switch and the thing is if you release it on switch now a it'll give people reason to go out and buy a switch which again the console's coming to the end of its life cycle it's a good damn reason to go out and buy one give us that and then also make sure that when we upgrade to the Switch 2 or whatever it is that's coming out soon, just make it transferable. Make it make the Switch Online one thing. If I'm already paying for the Switch Online and the Switch Pro Online or whatever it's called, the expansion pack, just make it the same the same the same bundle. Mm. Which is what uh I know Sony did that with the PlayStation 4 and 5. Like if you were playing paying for a subscription, didn't matter which console you were on, it was 
it was one subscription. Um, and that probably means that Nintendo Switch probably won't do that, um, unfortunately. But it is... like The other thing I was going to mention is, like, for some people... Yes, you might be able to get, you know, a, a Snivy in the in the DLC for Scarlet and Violet, but for some people, they might go, no, I want a Snivy that I got in Generation 5, where he originated from. That's also going to go out the, out the window. And, like, for me... The, the way they should the way they should have managed this in my opinion because this is just going to rile up people that are already annoyed with game freak the way they should have done it is oh yeah we've we've we're allowing you to play these games on the Nintendo switch via one of the emulators oh by the way now now we're gonna start closing the online and poker bank because no one's using it anymore because they yeah. they got it on switch and they can transfer it to home this way just seems if they now release those games, it feels a little bit cynical of, oh, you're forcing a section of the community to buy those games because of, you know, fear of missing out because they won't be able to to, to do what they've been doing for a while. But knowing, uh, knowing Game Freak or Nintendo or Pokemon, whoever is making these decisions, like, I, uh, the fact that we haven't got these games on the Switch yet, I just cannot see it happening. I, I just, and it, I, I can't understand. I just got like this is yet another reason why we should have the Pokemon games as em- being able to play via emulators on the Nintendo Switch. We spoke about it when um, we're talking about Pokemon Bank closing down unless you already have access to it. We talked about it when they announced Pokemon Stadium as well. We've we've sp- we've spoken about it multiple times. Like it seems more and more that like. Pokemon, for me, one of the successful things about Pokemon is this interconnectivity between all the games. Like, I've never known a game series where the Pokemon you catch in the early games or a feature in the early games transfers up with you. You can bring it along with your journey. And that, to me, is one of the most endearing things about Pokemon. For the many things that Game Freak gets wrong, that is one of the things that they have gone right for so long. So why are they suddenly... Okay, whatever, fine. Up to Gen 7? Yeah, locked off. It's bizarre. It's just bizarre. Okay, do you think, though, because that's what's been holding them back for many years as well, or at least it's one of the things that's been holding them back, having to make everything backwards compatible, having to make every single Pokemon available in every single game and transferable and all this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. was a massive headache for them for the longest time and cut into a large part of their very short development time which is why we no longer have uh national decks in pokemon games and it's why the transfer features you know over the years went no we're not doing it we're not going backwards okay you go up to generation three um it's generation three only we're not we're not doing one and two anymore okay, we got up to Generation 5, okay, now we're moving on to Bank. Now you have to have this whole other system to make it work. There's this problem of backwards compatibility costing the company more trouble than it's worth at this point, and where they've already been able to strip away national decks, and people kicked up a fuss, but they still bought the games, 
And now we've done another generation of, yeah, there's no national decks. We'll give you some of the Pokemon back in DLC and in events and things like that. But we'll drip feed it to you. We'll probably charge you more for it because we're just that kind of company now. And you'll pay for it. You'll complain, but you'll pay for it. (laughs) So who cares? I think they're quite capable of going, yeah, no, we're just not doing it anymore. We're not supporting that anymore. Deal with it. You will continue to buy the games. And I think people will. Oh yeah, they 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 will continue to to buy the games. I think, like for me, i i have I have been a a, a firm believer that the the way one of the ways that they can manage resources is that each generation has a supply or a selection of the all the Pokemon available. That means that some Pokemon skip out on generations, and I know some people won't like that. But from a resource management point of view it does make sense to do that and that's one of the ways that they 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 could do that if they wanted but i i think my initial thought was this is a it feels like this is a problem that they've made themselves pokemon bank works perfectly fine and instead of just going oh yeah nintendo switch also got pokemon bank they created a whole new system of here's Pokemon Home when they could have just gone, okay, how can we how do we take Pokemon Bank that currently works on the 3DS and make it work on the Nintendo Switch? And yeah, I, I, I mean arguably if they are cross compatible, they can already speak to one another. So well, no, they, you can go for you can go from bank to home. But yeah, you yeah, can't go backwards. No, but which which is 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 right at the moment it is a one way system but that's a one way system probably because they they designed it that way so the well the question becomes did pokemon bank then be succeeded by pokemon home because of a technology issue or was it a financial issue i e we can get people to pay for two services let's do it yes and one of them is a hell of a lot more expensive. Like that is the cynic in me, in me talking. But I know from a technology point of view, there, there there is always issues with okay, this is the new system. Oh, it can't really communicate backwards, or it's limited, or there's there's issues. I I have it in my modern day modern day um workplace where some systems can do communication from one system to another, but it it cannot feed back into it, no matter how much money you throw at it. Um, whether or not that's the the case. Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but like it's I think it speaks volumes the fact that they've announced the service closures, the server closures closures, and they're already hinting at Pokemon Bank shutting down to start getting people ready for it. And I knew, I knew it was gonna happen, but I just feel like this is another nail in the coffin of the older Pokemon games. Like limited features limited availability of of being able to buy these games like the more they remove the, the surely that surely they should be thinking what can we what can we do to modernize these older games and nintendo's nintendo does this nintendo does this for so many franchises but why not game freak and the only thing I can think of is going back to what we discussed, like you know, last week of of the people, like it's got the wrong people leading it from a. Okay, what 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 do the fans want? What do the fans want 
that's not the the questions they're asking. The questions they're asking is, okay, how can we develop something that's going to sell really well in a short in, in in the least development time and least development cost as possible? Am I being a cynic here? Am I being negative? I mean, yes is the answer, but I don't think it's unfairly so. Yes. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> it's it's, but like. Thing is, though, there there are fan may fan equivalents of Pokemon Bank and Pokemon Home already. Um, P P K S M I was reading up earlier on is the one on uh 3ds. You have to have a homebrew 3ds, folks. We're not advocating that. Um, and if you try and do it, don't blame me if you're 3ds bricks, okay? Um, but there are alternatives, and it's, again, it comes down to I think touching on what I said earlier about the the fans creating additional content for BDSB. Like, why is it that why is it the fans' job to step in? Well, here's the thing: I actually think the opposite. I think fans should be allowed to step in. I think yeah. if a a uh, company is going to say, look, we haven't got the resources anymore. We can't justify to our shareholders to keep running these servers. Okay, fine. Give it to the fans. Yeah. Let them run it because they will. Because yeah. people want to play these games and they want to keep it going. Let them do it. Yeah. What What yeah. is the harm? The, 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 well, I I know what they'll come back. I, I I know the two reasons why. Okay, or there might be more, but the two reasons why. Because theoretically, there is nothing stopping me connecting my 3DS or my Nintendo Switch to my PC and having a a, a version of Pokemon Bank that works on that. Okay, and the good thing about that is I back up my files to OneDrive, so I don't have to worry about my Pokemon disappearing into the ether if if this if this computer conks out again. But I think the two main reasons why they don't want people doing that, they don't want fans doing this, is one, and this is the weaker of the arguments, okay? So they don't want people messing around with the source code, hacking Pokemon, changing Pokemon, cloning Pokemon. Fine, whatever. The second, I see you rolling your eyes, I completely agree, but that is probably a conversation they they have, uh, even though it's utter BS because people are doing that anyway. It already does that anyway, yep. Yep. Uh, My second argument is financial. It, that's ultimately what it oh if fans can do all no, this that doesn't make sense because you're already cutting the service off you, we're, we're talking about you're shutting the service down okay let fans run the service instead you're so already my, not profiting from it yeah my uh, yeah this was no, the same I, i've made the same argument when things like uh halo servers went down and there was a couple of fans who went no we're gonna run our own we're going to run our own. That. We're going to keep the game going because we enjoy playing the game. We're going to keep these servers going. And they went, nope, you're not allowed to do that. Why? Yeah, just let them. Let them do just it. let them. If people want to continue playing your games and you're not providing a service to allow them to do so, and other people are out there going, hey, we can make that work. No, we won't charge you anything for it because it's not our, it's not our game. It's not our, it's, we're not in a place to profit from this, but we're going to provide a service for people who want to use it. Let it happen. Yeah, it 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 blows my mind that the 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 dis- it feels like the disdain that Game Freak has for its fans, even though obviously they're the ones keeping them in business. It really does feel the more I've I've done this podcast, the more I've done my YouTube content, the more I've researched it. It does feel like 
yeah, we, we make games that you'll buy. We don't make games for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, but, we have to clarify that this is not Game Freak shutting down the servers. This is the 3DS servers are going down. Yes. So this is just like a blanket. All games are going to stop communicating with the internet. Fair enough. But if they can keep bank going, they could theoretically keep any of it going, and they're choosing not to because yes. it's not financially. Yeah, the financial uh, feedback for them is not enough. That's yeah. the wrong but, terminology, but I'm ill. I <laughs> will let you off. I know what you mean though, because like the the easy thing to do here would have just gone. Yeah, bank and transport aren't going to work because like. We're Game Freak. It's 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 not us. Nintendo above us are just shutting down all the service. Sorry, nothing we can do about it. You know, cut our losses. It's a bit of bad news. Let's move on. The fact that they aren't closing bank almost gives it like a double whammy of bad news because it's like the original bad news of these features are being taken away, and then later on, oh by the way, Pokemon Bank isn't isn't going to work as well. So just buy the bullet and get it done now. It's 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 really really bizarre and just to kind of like wrap up this because we've got a lot to go through this that i think the reason i'm so agitated about this is because this does actually affect me because right now i am shiny hunting on ultra sun on the mm-hmm. 3ds I'm, I'm shiny hunting using the ultra wormhole method simply because it's dead dead simple it's easy to do it's literally those buttons move forward those buttons move for dead easy to do love it and i've caught a couple of shinies this now puts a limit on, like, how long have I got to do this to catch, I don't know, 30-odd legendaries when the odds are already against you? And I know that those those options to shiny hunt those legendary Pokemon will be, be available in, leg- in later games. I know it'll be available, but I'm going to have to do a load of legwork to make that available. I've already done the legwork in Ultra Sun. I've completed the Pokedex via Pokemon from all the other games. I've got the shiny charm. I'm in the position. Like you're, you're punishing. You're putting a time limit and punishing me, and not letting me play on my own, in my own way, in my own time time scales. And yeah. I, I think that's why I'm so riled up. And it, it's such a strange one because, like, I should be thankful that you know they've left them going for so like the servers going for so long because the 3ds is I, d- I don't know how old the 3ds is now it, it's been it, like, it's been obsolete for like six years at least a, lo- a long time i think i bought it about 10 years ago uh, nine years ago maybe something like that yeah it was Sorry. right before the launch of pokemon go i think was when the 3ds became the 2ds and stuff like that that was it yes yes, yes. so i so uh pokemon go was 2016 i think so i would have had it oh in no 20- way way earlier than that really yeah. Ooh. Uh, the console was announced in March 2010. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So it, it's, geez, 14 years old, 13 years old. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I can. It was released I, in Japan in 2011. Wow. I can, I can understand why they're doing it. It's just frustrating, especially when they don't give numbers either. That's, that's the frustrating part. Like, if they turned around and said, yeah, like, we have 10 people a month using these servers. Like, okay, fair enough. But you never know. That's the problem. They don't reveal it. They don't have to reveal it. So you kind of... You don't know if they are making the correct choice because it's just... Uh, users aren't using it. Or if it is just a, 
cost-cutting measure. Mm. It's frustrating. And again, I don't think they should have to support it forever, but I think there should no. be alternatives. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Should we move on to another fiasco regarding oh, yeah. Van Van Gogh? So I know, is it Van Gogh or Van Gogh or Van... It doesn't matter. Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, matter what matter. We, no matter what we say, we will be wrong. Someone will correct us in the comments, whichever one we choose. Well, um, I'm get, I'm get, sorry, I'm going to pick something that's completely wrong then, just to annoy both sets. Van, Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Yeah, Van Gogh. There you go. Van Gogh. I think, I, I think that's more accurate, actually. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> so Pokemon have come out and apologize for the fiasco that occurred at, at the um, Van Gogh Museum. <laughs> so Pokemon did a collaboration with the Van Gogh Museum um, in Amsterdam to celebrate 50 years of uh, the 50 anniver- 50th anniversary of the institution's exhibits uh, surrounding the eponymous artist. They were giving away a promo card. Um, which Pikachu in grey felt hat. It's supposed to uh, emulate the style of Van Gogh and give uh, it, it emulates his uh, style and his one of the images, which is I think a self portrait. Yes, it is. Yes. So it's 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 Pikachu in that style. These uh, here we go. These. Promo cards were supposed to go to anyone who booked a ticket to the event from now through January 7th. Yep. They, wow. They were, they were supposed to go months. to everyone who booked a ticket. They're gone. How? Like, how does... Okay. Do we know how? Because day one, they were swarmed by hundreds and thousands of people who were just grabbing everything. And the speculation is, and let's face facts, we all know this to be true, the vast majority of them are scalpers. Yeah. 100%. You know, what was supposed to be an event to get uh, younger children interested in art and interested in art history into going to museums and things has just turned into scalpers raiding a museum so that they can sell Pokemon cards. Um, there are Pokemon cards. Or this particular Pokemon card, Pikachu Grey Felt Hat, is already up on eBay. Uh, some what? going for as much as £1,500. Uh, but the vast oh. majority of them going for 150 And that's uh, obviously the cost now. In a couple of years' time, when these things are graded, they're going to go for the so so much more than that. Yeah. Wait, so was this the exhibit in Amsterdam? Yes. Okay. So I I I went to Amsterdam uh, four three years ago, and we tried to get in last minute at the the Van Gogh Museum, and we we couldn't get in. There was no tickets available. So I I I'm just struggling because surely. My understanding was, okay, we, we can allow in X number of people per hour because of capacity. So surely from that, they should have known, okay, we get average number of att- attendees every day. There are X number of days between now and January. Therefore, we need X amount. It, it, I just cannot understand. And the only thing I can think of is that people have booked the tickets, turned up and gone, yeah, I've got my card right, I'm off. And then they've gone, oh, there's no one's in the museum. 
therefore just start letting people through. But all the people coming through are literally getting the stuff and then leaving. That's the only way I can think this has happened is that they've they've wrongly assumed that, okay, this is going to get people into the museum and it hasn't got people... Well, it has got people into the museum, but the people that are getting into the museum are leaving as soon as they've got the stuff, which then creates this, okay, we can let more scalpers in who then snatch up more stuff and then leave. So the idea was that it was supposed to be anyone who completed the scavenger hunt. So you were supposed to go around the museum and take part in it and play this little event. Oh, that's ace. Or anyone who purchased anything, purchased anything from the gift shop. And of course, the gift shop included uh, art prints, card sleeves, pens, playmats, deck boxes, and a whole bunch of other merchandise that have all got this very specific promo art on it. Which is good art. Yeah, it is, yeah. But you've essentially gone, here's one-off scalpable material. Come get Uh, your hands on it. If If you buy one thing, you get this card. And, I mean, I've been to a couple of events now. I've been to Worlds, I've been to Euros. I see how quickly their stocks disappear because they're just like, oh, we had no idea how many people were going to come, how much people would want. And it's like, that's that's nonsense. You literally had tickets. You knew yeah. exactly how many people were going to yeah. come. You must know by now how much people want to buy. It's, 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 I, I, I have to imagine they're doing this on purpose at this point because it gets in the news. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, and it just creates that feedback loop of, okay, these cars went really quickly, so the next time something comes up, okay, we need to get in there really quickly and snatch up all these cars, and it's the scalpers go... Because ultimately, for it, it, from, you know, the Pokemon company's point of view, it doesn't matter if, it, if you know, scalpers buy, if children buy, if parents buy, so just, you know, ordinary everyday people buy it. The profit they make is still the same. They still make the exact same amount of profit. They still sell the same amount. So what does it matter? You'd have, you'd have thought they'd have learned the lesson by now. Because we had the same issue with Pokemon McDonald's. It happens every single time that you know the, the new stock comes in. And they just sell it everywhere. Because people come in and, and just do what they can to get as many, as many cards as they can. As quickly as they can. Like, why not just do it? Like, okay, so... You've come in, you're buying something, okay, right, well, you've been given a stub when you entered because you've bought a ticket, okay, right, buy your things, okay, give me your stub that entitles you to one of these cards. And then, oh, if you if you want another card, well, then you're going to have to pay full price back at the door again to get back in. What it well, sounds that's like... That's fine, it's like, £20. It was that it? It's £20, so, £20, £20 entry, go and buy a thing. A thing. Which I'm also oh. making a profit on. Yeah. Whatever I buy at this store, I'm making a profit on. Yeah. So how so how how do they resolve this? So is, there, is is it possible? Here's the other thing as well. You could also get this card um as a promotion online if you bought certain things from the Pokemon Center. Oh. How long do you think that lasted? Oh, a day or two, if that seconds seconds before they were sold out because it just got boughted. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that they were sold out before it was announced that they were available. 
Right, okay. So, because scalpers probably just keep their eye on that web, so they probably have something that refreshes for them. And, yeah, oh, as I say, it just gets botted. Yeah. I, it, it may... And this is the problem with, with everything. Be, because I remember back in the day, you, you used to have to go down to Toys R Us. There, there was things that you used to have to do, and because of the way communication was back then, it was like before the internet, it meant that all these things were... The, the, there's a combination of things, but like back then, and imagine that scalpers weren't a thing because oh, it's it's just that kiddie program, that kiddie game. Like it's not going to sell for stuff. And then as things have progressed and people have realised that they they can probably make a living through this in mm-hmm. terms of you know buy low, sell high on these things that I know are going to be in demand. I just don't. I I just do not see a way out of this because it seems that no matter what they put in place, it always ends up leaving some kind of loophole. And I'm I'm not sure how 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 you do it without getting really into, like you know, areas that I don't want to go into. Of oh, okay, you've got to send in your ID, you get one. Like I I just it's unworkable, and I don't like the idea of that. Like, without going to extremes, I don't see how you stop this. No, no idea. Such a shame. Pokemon have had to respond. Of course. They have released an official apology, which I will read verbatim. We apologize to all the fans eagerly awaiting our Pokemon Center across Van Gogh Museum release today. Due to overwhelming demand, all our products from this collection have sold out. We understand this is disappointing to many who were looking to our official email and social media channels for guidance on how and when to purchase. So that's what I mean. They were sold out before they were even announced. We are actively working on ways to provide more Pikachu with Grey Felt Hat promo cards for fans shopping at Pokemon Center in the future. Details will be released at a later date. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. That's wow. it. That, that's, 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 it. That's, that's the response we got. Just a generic copy and paste apology. No resolution, no guidance, just like, yeah, basically. Oh, tough luck, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Sods to be you, isn't it? Oh, it's such a shame. Oh, dear. So. It, I, I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not really got anything I'll say. It's just what I expected to happen, to be quite honest with you, because I've read nothing about it until you mentioned about talking about it on the podcast, and I knew what it was going to be about. Um, but I, I don't see a, a way forward, unfortunately, with, with stuff like this. All I will say is, like, try not to give your scalpers your money. Yeah, that's but, realistically don't don't play into the game. Yeah. Ideally, this card becomes worthless now because nobody buys it. Agreed. Yeah, that that's like the that is the best you could hope for is that there are that many just on the market that are such high price that people just go, no, I'm not bothering with that, and then the scalpers lose out on on money. Although it didn't cost them much money for this, um, it's, it's a shame. No. Let's move on to something a bit more happy, shall we? Is the new Pokemon live action drama? Pack Your Pocket with Adventure gets its very first trailer. Um, the trailer's in Japanese, so I have no idea what they were saying, but it did look quite fun and quirky. Looks very different compared to any other kind of Pokemon visual media that we've we've had. 
um, follows a young woman who is um, trying to find adventure in her life, playing through Pokemon, the original uh, game that she had as a youngster. And you just keep seeing shots of her, like waiting for the bus and playing it in the office, playing it at home, playing it with her with someone in her family or a friend via the link cable, which is really nice. And there's a couple of um, couple of elements where there's one part where it shows the boss who's like at the desk looking really angry, and then it cuts to the Game Boy and the boss like transitions in a two D sprite along the along the top of the screen. Is the boss music? Is the battle music kicks in? Really nice. There's a there's a I think a kid that's like screaming at the heavens. As Magikarp is evolving into Gyarados, like there's there's a lot of heart in this. It feels like it looks really wholesome. Yeah, it very much looks like a standard J drama, but they have she is seeing her life through the lens of Pokemon. She is relating her life to what happens in the Pokemon games, uh, as if she's out on her adventure. The people she meets are the other trainers, the or other Pokemon, as the case may be. And it's just a perspective shift for her. And we also see that she does end up uh, meeting somebody else who is also into Pokemon and they have battles and things like that through the link cable, which is fun. I don't know if we're going to get an English translation of this. We've had no word of it, at least not that I've seen. So this might be the last you hear of it from us. (laughs) But we at least have a release date. It is coming out in Japan on the 19th. I I really do hope we get a, you know, a, a, at the very least, a sub-version of this, because I, I would like to, I would like to watch this. I don't know how easy it is going to be to get a, a hold of. I imagine at some point someone will put it on YouTube or on a torrent website. Um, and honestly, I would love, to, even if I can only get the Japanese version, I would, I wouldn't watch it. I think I'd scrub through it just to kind of get the references because um, I think it would lose something if you don't know what they're, they're saying, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's, it's a shame, but I I really do maintain this looks like something really quirky and quirky and fun. Um, speaking of quirky and fun, I'm probably going to butcher the name again. Ha- Hatsune Miku? Hatsune Miku, yep. Okay, I, I, was, I, was close, I was like 95%, I reckon. Yeah, you 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 missed it a lot on the first time around, but that was pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. So you're going to educate me on this because I have no idea what this is all about. So, so you've never heard of Hatsune Miku? I uh, the, the name rings a bell, but I I can't have you, have place you, where. Have you ever heard of a Vocaloid before? A what? A Vocaloid? Because that's what no, she is. It's... She is a Vocaloid. Okay. So have you listened to the song? I I I have, and then I realized towards the last thirty seconds of oh, I can just put closed captions on. So I, I I watched it, I listened to it, but I didn't know what they were saying for most of okay, it. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. It's music. Like as, as far as I'm concerned, I listen to a lot of uh, J Rock. Um, I have no idea what they're saying anytime I listen to it, but it's just fun, and I like yeah. I like the music they make. Uh, cool. Music is an international language, and I will die on that hill. What was I saying? So yes, Hatsune Miku is a idol. She is a Japanese idol. Um, she is also not real. She is not a person. Wait, what? No. So is this AI? She, n- not quite. She is what's called a vocaloid, which is a vo- vocal synthesizer. So her particular voice is based off of a Japanese voice actress who came in and made a lot of noises. 
basically went A-B-K-D-E and created a whole sound base of all these noises. And then musical artists come in and say, okay, we want her to sing these words and we want her to sing it in this tone and we want her to do this with her voice and vibrato here and whatever else. And then the vocal synthesizer does it. And they create all these wonderful art pieces and animations to go along with it. Um, They have even done sort of uh, 3D holographic projections on stage and things like that. Hatsune Miku is probably the most famous Vocaloid, I want to say. She was the first Japanese one and is now doing a collaboration with Pokemon. Over the last few weeks, we've seen, we know we're getting, oh, I can't remember the exact number. I've seen the art. I'm pretty sure it's Soul Silvered art that we've had on the channel before. He he keeps posting. And I was just like, what? I, I just, I saw the art and I was like, okay, it looks nice. I have no idea what this is in relation to, though. So we're getting a number of songs in collaboration with Hatsune Miku and Pokemon. Uh, we've seen all the artwork coming out um, about what they're going to be. So the first one is obviously with Pikachu. And then I think there's one with like Sir Fetched and a bunch of other Pokemon. I'm interested to see how these go. I think the first song is pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the artworks are all phenomenal. She's far less sexualized than she is in some of her other pieces, which is great. Good. Yeah. This is, this is a kid's show. Stop it. Um, especially seeing as she's supposed to be 16, which is good. Yep. No, please, please, please keep her covered up. Yep. What did you, what did you think of the actual song itself? It really catchy. I, even though I didn't know what, what, see, I want to say she, but like, is that right? Yep. Yeah. 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 What she was saying, singing. I, I, I didn't cl- have a clue what was going on. I could kind of, but there was enough there in terms of both the the visual eye candy, but also the the song, the lyrics were in time with Pokemon music that I, I know yeah. I've heard. Like the, the, I always love it when like, you know, there's been music, or a soundtrack that's decades old and then someone comes in and is able to overlay some kind of lyrics to it that kind of match up with what's going I mean, for all I know, the lyrics don't match up because I, I didn't put the captions on, but it seemed like it was matching up with what was going on on screen. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really, really catchy. And I will... And the only reason I haven't watched it again with captions on is because of how rushed I was. So I am going to watch it after again. And then obviously... Um, watch the other ones as and when they come out. Do we know when they're they're coming out? I want to say it's weekly, but I don't know that for sure. Was it on? Was it on the Pokemon channel? Uh, no, it was on a completely different channel. Oh, Deco twenty seven. Uh, I've got go. here. Vault tackle. Oh, so it's called Vault tackle as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the first one's about Pikachu. As I say, we've got all other from the artwork. It looks like she's going to do one one with Maridon, Sir Fetched, uh, Primarina. My voice is going. <laughs> got it. Power Sorry, through, well, Connor. You got this. Slightly. No. Um, I forget what the crocodile's called in Scarlet Wait, and Violet. No. Wait, big one. Oh, big one. Skeledurge. There you go. Skeledurge. Yeah. 
uh, Rillaboom. So lots and lots of musical Pokemon. Uh, Meloetta. There you go. So she's doing collabs with all the musical Pokemon. That's amazing. I love that. It, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's going to be good fun. I think as a remix of, as you say, in-game music, I really enjoyed. I wasn't the biggest fan of the sort of music that was brand new. I thought it was a little bit, eh. I could take okay. it or leave it. There was a cool little breakdown in there, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little rock breakdown. Didn't last quite long enough for me. Um, I also wasn't that big of a fan of the music video. Now, as as a little okay. bit of research, I went and watched some of her other music videos. Yeah. And the animation in them is phenomenal. Oh, okay. Whereas this was a lot of still images over animated backgrounds. This, yeah, I... When it I, felt more like one of those um, lyric videos. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Especially considering we got a, a trailer for... Was it Worlds in Japan? And the animation on that yeah. was like phenomenal. That's what I expected from this. And I, I, I agree that the animation was very samey throughout, very safe, very... Um, and again, she she was never really animated. Neither she nor right. Pikachu was animated. They were just stills. Yeah, and now that you said, mentioned the, it. the background was animated. Yes, yes. So I think they could have done better there. I think if Pokemon's going to throw their weight behind something, they should really use that weight and do mm-hmm. something spectacular. But it's a decent enough song. Yeah, yeah. I recommend people go and uh, go and listen to it. Um, Deco Star Symbol twenty seven, I think, on 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 YouTube. Uh, but to be fair, if you just type in Vault Tackle featuring Hasune Miku, did I get it right that time? Yep. Yeah. If you type in that, find it on YouTube. Um, and give it give it a watch, give it a listen. Let us know what you think. We've had a question come in, not right now, but previously from Mika Mika Bryant, who. Apparently always jumps out of their skin whenever we say their name on the podcast. So, hello! Um, do you think the trainers stating their average Pokemon levels before challenging them would fit? Or would it feel awkward? I was thinking if they gave this information, it would enable the player to make good, informed decisions and remove the need for the developer to lessen the challenge difficulty. Perhaps a trainer level next to their name to avoid the need for it in dialogue is an alternative option. So this question... Comes courtesy, comes, um, not courtesy, comes following the discussion we had around the teal mask and the fact that Generation 9 has, has finally removed, um, mandatory trainers and made, I think, most trainers outside of story trainers optional. And we discussed in the teal mask the issue with that is you don't know what level, you don't know how many Pokemon you do, you know nothing about the trainer until you start to battle them. Of course, you can run away from them, but. That is wasting time. Like, what what are your thoughts on Mika Bryant's comment? So, yes, I think it would be awkward for them to have a number next to their head or for them to for them to say, hey, my Pokemon are this level. However, I think if you went up to a trainer and they said, you look a bit small time for me, mate. I don't think you I don't think you're qualified to fight me yet. But if you want to step up, let's go. And you have an option then to go yes or no. Mm-hmm. Like, if they could go, okay, I'm reading the average level of your team, or maybe even just the level of your top Pokemon, 
oh yeah, I think this will be a good fight. That's it. That's all you need. I think this will be a fair fight. I think I'm a bit much for you. I think you're going to destroy me, but I'm willing to go anyway. That's it. Mm. I... And it doesn't break immersion then. Yeah, I, I, I completely... I understand where you're coming from. I, I completely do. See, I'm the opposite, I think. I think I would prefer some kind of... You know, how they just have... the when, when you talk to people, and it pops up with that like white speech thing. I think I'd much rather have that and... Like some kind of like danger indicator, maybe or level it. Like, I don't know how they would do it, but I think I prefer that because then I can see from a glance. Because what I don't think I want is okay. I need to go up to talk to this trainer. Although, actually, you know what? No, no, no. The workaround's dead easy. Actually, they already do in Scarlet and Violet have text boxes above their head, don't they? With text in it. Mm-hmm. So you would literally have the comments that you're saying in that speech bubble above their head. When you when as you start to get closer, that speech bubble appears, and that's what it says, and that's how you know if they're easy, medium, hard, based on yeah. like. Your and then small you just have or... a list of a hundred different ways of saying the same thing. I would destroy yeah. you. Don't even try it. Step to me and see what happens. You yeah. know, and you just have lots of different ways of saying the same thing, and then you can, as you say, see at a glance. Oh yeah, yeah no, I don't want to fight this person or. Play the game your way. No, I'm going to go search out the strongest trainers around. I'm going to fight everyone who says they're stronger than me just yeah. to prove that I can. Yeah. And what you and you could have so much fun with that because, like, you could literally have, like, in, in the text box, like, a field for them talking about the Pokemon they've got. Like, oh, yeah, you haven't got a chance against my Sentret. Or, you know, ah, oh, you're... I'm trying to think of another Pokemon now. Your Pikachu doesn't look up to snuff. Like, you know, stuff like that where it makes you go, okay, and then it helps to actually feel a bit more real. And then when you're in late game, you run past the same person. It's like, my Rattata will still give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, actually. Yeah. I do like that a lot. Like, you can have so much fun with that because then you can introduce rematches and, like, you know, my... Oh, my retarders evolved into eradicate. Want to give it another go? Like, like it actually removes the the one of the annoying systems that was in previous Pokemon games was that phone call system. I remember mm. in Gen two constantly get like, oh, let me, you know, come and find me on this route. We can have a rematch. So just leave me alone. This kind of removes that because as you are then going back through an area, you can then see the trainers that want to rebattle you because the dialogue options changed. Mm. There you yeah, go. Like there, there, there's, there's your answer. There's your answer. And if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, by leaving it on our Discord channel, by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. And we're now into Devil's Advocate, where we are asking the question, or arguing, trainers should be mandatory. But before we, we start this, kind of, I, I, I need to just ask this, okay, because it'll, it'll change how we're discussing this. So I'm going to be arguing that they should be mandatory. You're going to be arguing that they should be optional, like they are in, in the recent game. Are we? So when we say mandatory, am I arguing that... If they, if have... they see you. So same as old school. Okay. You can, you can skirt around them. Fantastic. But if you lock eyes they're coming for you yes okay absolutely fantastic and my rules are i can't run away from them which i suppose would be in we we take the legends arceus approach where it's if you come within a radius okay 
Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. I like that. Right. Okay. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, I'm happy enough for you to go first. Okay. If you right. have, if you have an argument. So I think they should be mandatory. They, they, we should go back to how they were in the original games. And the the reason I believe that is because it helps with progression. The problem we have now with them being optional is you can just power through an area, make it to the next gym or the next area, and suddenly you are underleveled because you've not you've not had the the option to well sorry you've not been forced to follow that ramp of level that you need to be in order to you know meet the challenge. And by making it so that it is mandatory, it avoids the frustration of, oh, I've got to this gym, I've just got absolutely spanked, I now need to go back out. So, yes, I understand what you're saying. That made more sense in the older games where catching didn't also give you XP, which it does now. And you can also, with the Let's Go mechanic, have your Pokemon gain a load of XP just by running around in the open world. So realistically, I think the level curve argument doesn't work quite as well anymore because if you're forcing people to battle all these Pokemon and trainers, then you're more likely going to be overleveled by the time you get to the next gym or uh, boss fight or whatever it may be if they're also going out and catching Pokemon. So I think it de-incentivizes, if that's a word, people from exploring, catching using the other mechanics if you're forced to battle these trainers. Okay. I think for me... Sorry, you look like you were going to say say more because you you do like to get your points in during Devil's Advocate. Oh, is that what it was? Is that what it was? You look like... like When I said like you look like you had more to say, I was like, why? Why Because normally we're quite good at like bouncing off one another and that was one where I just got it completely wrong. Um, so... I think that um, the, the issue. So, the only reason that is now an issue is because we've gone to open world, and if we've gone to open world, we need to make, we need to figure out a way to kind of keep the mechanics how they they were. And what they've got, what they've done is just gone. Ah, open world. Let's let's just make it so they're not mandatory. But the the thing was with the with the level curve is you just make sure that you are. Um, Based on, surely they're clever enough to go, okay, right, between this route and this route and, and this gym and this gym, okay, there's X number of Pokemon to catch, okay, they've got the let's go feature, so then let's just maybe make it so that Pokemon in the trainer fights are a lower level, maybe, or maybe there's not as many of them, or make it so that they're not like the original games where, you know, some routes you would have to battle every single trainer, you make it so that there's less trainers to fight, or there's less mandatory trainers. And I think that the way they could they could do that and implement it in a really fun way is to bring back the roaming trainers that wander around. Scarlet Violet did away with that. They all just stand there waiting for you. I miss the days of the postman wandering around. They're spotting you or in, in Generation 8. Or the way you implement that really well in, in, in the new generation is every route, every open area has maybe someone on a cyclozar or some kind of movement Pokemon that you're actively trying to avoid and it helps to bring a bit more fun into it as well. Yes, but there's nothing less fun than heading somewhere and suddenly being sidelined by someone you didn't see. I mean, again, we're talking about Legends Arceus where you face the sisters over and over again. Not the sisters, the trio, I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I think they they know? refer to each other as sisters. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of times in that where I've been heading somewhere and I didn't see them, and they've gone, "You fight me now!" I'm like, "Oh, guys, no, no, I'm doing a thing. Leave me alone." And we've all had that in older games as well, where you don't want to fight a trainer and you get the spin wrong. Yeah. Or I, where, where I've been playing Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire recently, and apparently in that game, if you run past someone, even if they're not looking at you, they, they can look spin around. Yes. They can spin around to look at you because you were making too much noise. It's frustrating. Whereas giving me the option to go, all right, I don't want to fight them now. I might come back and do them later. Or actually, yeah, I do, I do want to go up and fight you now. Um, I think it just, options are always nicer than mandatory things, especially as we move further into this open world thing. And the thing is, is well, for you to, for trainers being mandatory now, you would have to have level scaling, which we already don't have for gyms, let alone for trainers. Or they'd have to implement, as we say, some kind of, uh, uh, I, they'd walk up to you and go, I'm going to cream you if we fight. Do you want to do it or do you want to leave? Do, do you want to leave? Do you want to leave the area? No, I want to explore the area. I just don't want you to come over to me. Leave me alone. So I don't think mandatory trainers work with the direction that Pokemon is going. I think they worked fantastically for the old games. But with the way the games have developed, they're no longer viable. I I actually think that having the mandatory fix is one of the issues with with that with generation nine that you just mentioned about like you, you we're not sure like the trainers like are they higher are they lower level than us uh, like and we've mentioned level scaling but by having certain trainers mandatory in certain areas it gets around that so for example the the um uh, the well, I can't remember the name of the path the the first path that you're on in generation 9 before you so before you get up to the um Mezagoza, it's a very linear path and mm-hmm. that is an area where actually mandatory mandatory trainers would work because you can't you can overlevel you, you you can overlevel in any pokemon game at the very start but it's very difficult and time consuming to do that by having those mandatory paths, it kind of fixes that issue of, okay, at least in certain parts of the game, you can have mandatory trainers. And I'm of the mindset that, like, yeah, make some of the, it, it. Like, if you're not going to scale all the, the, the team star bases or the gym leaders, you don't need to. The, what's the point in scaling these trainers? Just have them mandatory in certain areas to kind of give you a flavor of, nah, you're going up to the eighth gym this early on. Like, maybe you shouldn't be going there, and this is a way that they can make the player aware of, yeah, you're approaching a really difficult area because you're now having to battle really difficult trainers. But here's the thing. They already have really difficult Pokemon. They already have wild encounters that are difficult. But the difference is that I can throw a Pokeball and hopefully get through a wild encounter. I can have a Pokemon with Runaway and get away from it. I can still run around the area and explore and find items and maybe catch a Pokemon that's higher level than me or higher level than I can use and get a load of experience that way, which is what I did when I first played through Scarlet and Violet. As I say, I did that uh, skip over the gap during the first yeah. area, and I ran around the entire region uh, without Maridon or Coridon. Like, <laughs> I did it before I even got those. And it was great. It was probably the most fun I've ever had with the game. Uh, so... I wouldn't have been able to do that if I ran into a trainer 
who wouldn't let me run away because they'd have just destroyed me and I'd have ended up back at the first Pokemon Center again. Or even worse than that, I end up back at a Pokemon Center at one of these higher level spots and I can't leave because I don't have fly and everyone around me is too strong and keeps trying to kill me every time I leave the area. So what do, what do you do? You, you're, you're opening yourself up to soft locks, which is something we have tried to get around for many, many years. It is, it is strange how mandatory trainers are, aren't, are no longer forced on us. It's become optional when Game Freak are so adamant about removing player options such as like XP share. Which that mode just as a little as as side there that never removed all that, but trainers are optional, and that and that's why they're wrong. They should make them mandatory. Game Freak should make them mandatory because they enjoy taking away players' options, and therefore that's how, that's another way they can do it. Force people to battle every single trainer, make it so boring and is laborious a word? I don't know. Yeah, is, is laborious. I'll get yeah, laborious as possible, and force trainers to battle these Pokemon to flesh out the Pokedex to make sure that you're keeping up with that that XP XP curve, which is slightly broken, but it's still there. It is still there in the game because like you can go off the beaten path to find Pokemon to kind of push you above that level curve or stay with that level curve. Um, yeah, I'm out of arguments. <laughs> um. On, bring it out. They shouldn't be mandatory. They should continue to be optional. Okay, so oh, the, having them mandatory and having them have like an eyeline uh, see you made a lot of sense when you were on a top-down perspective. Because mm-hmm. if you think back to a lot of gyms, there were some trainers that were mandatory and some trainers that you could skip if you yep. did the puzzle right. How do you do that in a 3D environment? How do you have it where you know, if if I climb up a cliffside and somebody goes, I see you. How? How did you see me? Oh, well, you came into my radius. No, I'm up a cliff. Leave me alone. <laughs> and suddenly that. we're having one of those sky battles where my freaking uh, zigzagoon is off the side of a cliff fighting a Pokemon I can't see. You, you know it would happen. Yeah. So what do we do? We're just, we're just so- going to give over that and you have to approach the other trainers. So you implement, you ever played Metal Gear Solid? I played three. Oh, okay, okay, three, three similar, but like they have a mini map, and then you can see the dots of where the opponents are, and they have a cone. So mm-hmm. as long as you are outside the cone, it's fine. But you run into issues where their cone is like this, and you're stood here, and they they are literally staring right at you, but they don't notice you whatsoever. Yeah, and and just to kind of go back to another point, you, the, the sisters in in Legends Arc is that you you wander into their radius, like. I actually enjoy that because I'm like, okay, I'm half healed. I'm on my last legs. Oh no, I'm forced into a battle. Okay, how am I going to win this? Like, I actually love that that element of mandatory trainers in terms of. But it makes you- sense for them because they ambush you because they're villains. Whereas we're creating this okay. environment where all the Pokemon trainers are out for blood. Oh, what's that? You've got one Pokemon left on three HP because you just came out of a Team Star base? I don't care. Fight me. I'm going to steal your money, kid. So, somewhere in the middle, we split it into normal trainers that are, okay, if you approach me, let's let's fight. 
And then you have some trainers that roam, Team Star style, that are just harassing you. And join Team Star! Oh, you don't want to join join Team Star? Okay, then we're going to fight. And they can be the ones riding on Cyclozar. Yeah, okay. There you go. Is that your closing argument? That's my closing argument. I'll meet you in the middle. How's that? Sure. That's called (laughs) conceding. Yeah! <laughs> I'll take it as a draw. Who won? Let us know in the comments section down below. But of course, of course, let us know your thoughts as well. I want to know if people like the new direction that Gen 9 has gone in with with trainers. I'm I'm in the mindset that I don't, there was something about the progression of uh, routes and knowing there were certain trains that you had to fight and overcoming those challenges that I, I really did enjoy. But it's difficult in an open world game. So it's really funny because as I, when I played through the first time, I didn't need to fight any trainers because I was catching all the new Pokemon that I saw and that was enough. And as I say, I went off and caught a load of Pokemon way above my level. So I was over leveled for a long part of the game and some of my Pokemon had to be boxed and I couldn't get them out till later because they were just so strong. So I didn't fight anybody, but I played through a second time. And when I play through a game a second time, I'm usually like, okay, this is the team I want to run through with. So I'll go and I catch them, and then that's it. I won't bother catching any of the Pokemon because I don't need them. Mm. Again, and there's a little hint towards why we really should have Pokemon having HMs and or at least having to go and catch a Pidgeotto in order to fly. That's not the argument I'm making. The point is, I still didn't fight trainers because because I didn't have to. I just didn't. It, yeah. it it felt weird to go out of my way to go and realistically waste time because they're not strong. No. They're not hard. I mean, we didn't have really a hard wild trainer match until Kitakami. Like the Ogre Clan yeah. are good fun to go and fight because they're actually have a team that makes sense yeah. and they've got strategies and EVs and IVs and that kind of stuff. Whereas most wild trainers don't have that. So it's almost the case of I'm just using them to grind on, which, again, is what I would be doing and is what I sometimes do in older games. But as you say, in older games where they were mandatory, they made sense for where you were. And they introduced Pokemon to you to be like, oh, this is in the game, by the way. You haven't seen it yet, but it's here and you'll be able to find it soon. Oh, I you're on the SSN now. Here's all the sailors with all their water Pokemon. It was a lovely bit of um what's the word I'm looking for? In-world storytelling, not the word I'm looking world for. World building. Kind of. World building, yes. Environmental storytelling. There you go. Okay. The trainers that you met and the Pokemon they had worked towards building the world up. And I think you miss that if they're mandatory. Uh sorry, I think you miss that if they're optional. Because yeah. suddenly it doesn't matter. We're just going to throw these Pokemon trainers wherever we want them to be, and they're going to have whatever Pokemon they want. So there you it's, go. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. By the way, like the the fact that, like, I, I just feel like they went from one extreme to the other, rather than okay, we've got open world. What can we do to kind of meet it in the in the middle? Um, and I, I must admit, like, thinking back, yeah, that was one of the great things I even considered about the or- original games was that, like, the the 
oh, what is that Pokemon moment? What typing is that? Like, where can I find that? And you don't get that in the new game because a lot of the time, the first time you meet Pokemon isn't in trainer battles. It's just seeing them in the wild. And I know and that's I think, also exciting, but it's not It's not the same, It's not is the it? same. And I think you're right as well that Team Star are, should never be optional. If they're yeah. the villainous team, I, we all know they're not actually villainous, but they're supposed to be the villainous team, they should be out for you. They should be like, oh, wait, you stepped on our territory. Prepare to get got. Mm. Yeah. So you have this where, yeah, some trainers are optional, but if you enter a certain area, people are people are going to come for you. I would love it if, you know, um, I think up by one of the lakes is a bunch of dragon trainers. Yes. Uh, up yeah. towards the north. East Northeast, side of I think, yeah. You know, they should be a case of like, I am the strongest trainer and I'm out to prove it and I'm out to make myself as strong as possible. If you come here, we will fight you. Mm-hmm. Whereas I understand the earlier routes, the earlier routes, trainers being like, I'd, I'm, I'll fight if you want to, but I've only got my, I've only got my centric. So if you don't want to fight, that's fine. I, I understand the passivity. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're gonna have some be mandatory, some be optional, do it where again, it's that it's it, it, that in world story building, that in the world building, environmental storytelling. My brain's what? going to mush. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll make me one comment and then we can we can wrap up the podcast. So, like you know, we've spoken about in the past, like HMs have a purpose because they kind of, kind of direct you where you can and cannot go based on mm-hmm. what HMs you've got. But why don't they just do that with trainers? Like, oh, you want to cross this bridge to get to this other area of the map because your Maridon Karidon can't swim yet? Well, you're going to have to beat me, and I've got, like, really strong Pokemon. So you have, like, new areas, new Pokemon, items, whatever it might be, locked behind certain trainers that provide the challenge for you. That's one way they could do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense because there are some... And the thing is, you've then got a case of that makes it more optional, realistically, the way you do it. So Mm. there are some areas that you can't go until uh, you have Surf. Yeah. For instance. Um, On Moridon or Crydon. Like, you can't go to the center of the lake and do the Dodonzo fight, for instance, until you have Surf. So you have to have unlocked that in order to do that. Okay, there's a bridge. And on that bridge is a really strong trainer. So now you have two options. Mm. You can either do the Titan fight and get Surf and go out that way, or you can train up strong enough Pokemon and do the fight instead. So instead of giving you less ways to roam the world, it actually gives you more. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you new ways to play as well, because your first playthrough could be, I'm I'm avoiding these trainers, I'm going to do it based on the, the, the all the challenges and whatnot. And then you can play at one where it's nah, I'm I'm making a beeline for these as soon as I can. I'm gonna try and force my way through with underleveled Pokemon and do it that way, or figuring out the Pokemon that I need to overcome this challenge. And it and you have that really you. fun moment as well where you've been trying to get over this bridge over and over again, and this guy keeps slapping you down. And then you go off, you do a couple of uh, Titans, and then you just fly overhead. You go na 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 na. See ya. Yeah, I love that. And, and that's that's a story that you get to walk away from the game with 
Yeah. It's that's yeah. how I overcame it. And it's different between my playthrough and your playthrough. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. I need <gasps> to wrap up, I'm afraid. So yeah, Okay. Have you got anything you want to plug? Uh it's not out yet, so no. Oh, okay. Um, I, I have got something I've got to, got to plug as of right now, or maybe in an hour. I'm, I'm not quite sure as of listening to this. Uh, releasing episode one of my Pokemon Infinite Fusion versus with British Eagle, who has been on the channel before. If you don't know what Infinite Fusion is, there are, it's basically playing through Kanto, except for you fuse any two Pokemon into a combination of them, giving you, I think there's 176,400 possible fusions. It's absolutely phenomenal. You'll you'll never see the same Pokemon in any two run-throughs because there's so many to pick from. Uh, it's absolute blast. Love it. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar Aren't you? Of course, as always, before you go, we'd really appreciate it if you leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. And of course, leave a like if you're listening over on YouTube. For those of you who did rate us on Spotify, you absolute legends. Thank you so much for doing that. Always appreciate it. Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at CapFidget. And I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoenn Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoenn on Twitter. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon Podcast See ya!